I'm just pressing record. Okay. Hey, it's Morgan. Wait, I don't want to use my real name. Just say it's Carrie. No, well, fuck it. You ruined it now. <laughs> I don't want to use my real name. What name do you want to use? I need a pseudonym. It's both too fucking late. No, it's um, not. We can edit this out. Um, um, I want to be Clarabella Martinez. No, I'm not calling you Clarabella. <laughs> okay, what do you want to call me then? Not that. <laughs> Just Carrie. No one's going to know your last name. Fine. Okay. Okay, hi, it's Carrie. Um, hey, okay, and it's Morgan. Wait, let's start over again. <laughs> you go first. We need to leave this in there. This is amazing. Okay. (laughs) Hi. It's Carrie. And Morgan. And we're here with the second part of our podcast on the Green River Killer. I just pointed at Carrie and got her to say river. It was awesome. It was amazing. It was really good. That was a good tag team situation. Um, Okay. So last time we just went, we did an overview of the crime And just kind of the feeling of Seattle and how grimy and horrible it was here. Um, I just want to add, before we go on, I watched the documentary that you recommended, Streetwise. Streetwise. YouTube. YouTube it. It's, if you want to cry. So, it is the most horrifying thing I've ever seen. Uh, I was born in 1985 and the... The documentary was 1984, right? I think it was filmed in 83. Okay. And um, I had no idea that that's what Seattle looked like or or was like. And um, my whole view has been changed. Mm -hmm. And I work on um, Fifth and Pike. And so now, this is in the documentary, um, it follows these street kids. And most of the time, they're in the vicinity of First and Pike. And all I can think about now when I go down there is those kids... Um, and it was so sad and depressing. I cried on my toilet. She cried on her toilet. It's, <laughs> it's bad. It's so really bad. Because the main character is like, what, a 13 year old prostitute? Oh, Jesus. Isn't she 13? Yeah. Uh huh. And the end of the movie is her maybe being pregnant. Yeah. Right? She's not sure. Yeah. It's a cliffhanger, a little bit. It's horrifying. Mm-hmm. And like, her life has been really sad. It has been. She has like 10 kids, and yep. it's, it's bad. Yeah. Yeah, so streetwise. So you, you should watch it. Yeah, if you want to get a sense of Seattle in that time period. Totally, it, and it really captures prostitution. It totally captures like that feeling that you mm-hmm. were describing last yep. time. I just felt like when you mentioned that, I was like, oh my god, it totally, totally does it. It does. It's true. Um, so reviewing our our last podcast, which we listened to, I listened to a couple times. Yeah, me too. It was more ums coming out of my mouth than. I thought was possible. So, <laughs> Are you going to say no more ums? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to say no more ums, because I think I've encountered like a hundred. Oh my god, I mean, no. it's coming just from me. So, no. we're going to work on that. Oh uh, yeah, I got made fun of for the number of likes that I said. We're, we're novices. We we're, are. We are novices at this. Um, see, Whatever. I just, I just did it. We're, we're, oh, no. we're, we're going to get better, though. We're going to get better. <laughs> or not. I don't know. Oh but shit. Let's see what Let's see what happens. Oh my god. What if we don't get better? Well, then we'll suck and nobody will listen to this, and well, it's fine. Yeah, all right. It's all right. But- Fuck it anyway. This is just fun. Okay. Um, so today, we're going to talk about the victims. Uh, and this has been a depressing week. Reading all been. about their lives. It has been. Yeah. So last week, we talked about the first five victims, or the mm-hmm. first, at least the first victims that were found in the river. So... Today we're going to talk about, we can't talk about all of them because it would take too much time, so we're going right. to pick our 
favorites? Is it tacky to say that? Are the ones we're the most interested in? Yeah, I think the ones that maybe like resonate with us the most. And I have to, I have to admit that I also chose ones that I also just didn't really know that much about. So I have my okay. favorites. And then ones that I literally knew nothing about. Okay. But the kind of sad thing that I discovered this week also is that um, I think there's a reason why we don't really know that much about them because there's not really a lot of information that's um, available. Like, some of them have these extensive biographies that were, like, supplied by their family. Mm -hmm. And I think some of them just didn't even really have families either that, like able to care for them I mean I don't want to say that like it's I don't want to put all the blame on them or like legitimately in the case of some of them some people weren't even reported missing for years after they went missing and these were teenagers so these were maybe not the most oh involved or attentive families Families. yeah Yeah. and I mean there's a lot of again circumstances that like go into that but um but yeah it just kind of made me sad because there were some where it was impossible to find any information yeah horrifying so what i have in front of me is the search for the green river killer by carlton smith and thomas Gian. is that how you pronounce pronounce his last name i think so um so true crime books are often sort of pulpy and i mean that in a physical sense and this one is as well so it's a really crappy cheap paperback which the spine is breaking and it's got the wonderful middle insert that has the photographs, which is, Man. let's be honest, the best part of any book. Oh, shit. Okay, when I was a kid, my mom just read true crime books constantly. And I remember, I don't have a lot of memories from being a child, but I distinctly remember going into her office and <laughs> finding her true crime books and then just looking at pictures of dead bodies. Yeah. And it was like an awakening for me. Yes. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Shh. The, this clean. one is is marginally more classy because there's no dead yeah. bodies in here. Yeah. But in the middle, they do give they have all photographs, mostly mugshots of all of the victims, or at least at the, when this book was written, which was 1990, all the victims they knew about in their their in order of when they went missing. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna take a look at this as we talk to yes. sort of inspire, you know, who we want to talk about and what we want to say. Yes, and I also <laughs> wanted to add that the other resources that I in particular used were. The Anne Rule book, the great Anne Rule book. For the victims, that, that's that's a treasure. <laughs> it is a treasure. Um, it's called Green River Running Red, which is such a great title. Can we just, like, praise it like we should? Can we? Okay, so the title is Green River ridiculous, Running as Red. all Anne Rule titles are. <laughs> the cover is even more ridiculous, because it's, <laughs> it's like a stocked photograph of water that's been dyed green, uh-huh. and then there's a locket. Oh, that's what yours is? Yeah. Oh, shit, girl, my version... What the, what's the locket? It's not related to anything. It's what just the hell? there. It's just like a publisher was like, let's just throw a locket on there. That locket, that whatever. Dramatic. <laughs> There's no fucking locket oh anywhere. Oh my god. There's ladies. Oh. What's your cover? My co- okay, my fucking cover girl is so great. Okay, so it's like it's like there's like it's it's okay, imagine you're in a dark alley. And there's only a spotlight showing on one area that happens to be a woman's leg in fishnet stockings with a red <gasps> shoe. Oh, that's getting right. out of a car. That's better. That's way better. <laughs> but it's so ridiculous because every prostitute that I've seen has never had on red high heels no. and has never had on fishnets. And I just no. feel like that is ridiculous. It's perpetuating a lot. It's a cliche. It is. And rule. That's <laughs> kind of all she does. Kind is of yeah. Cliches. 
So yeah, those are those are the two books we're going to draw a lot of our information from. And I'm not gonna lie, I also used information uh, <coughs> from like Find a Grave. Oh, I love Find a Grave. Yeah, Find a Grave, good info, super good info. And random people will occasionally put in comments, being like, "I knew this person." I know that's the best. That was what uh, so much of my research. I was like totally caught up in the comments. Ooh, there's sad. also a website. Crap. Now I can't think of the name of it, but it's all about missing people in Washington, maybe not just Washington, and there's like just a person who maintains this website who clearly has a lot of spare time on their hands because that's that's a labor of love. But there are things wow. about the Green River Killer victims in there, particularly the ones that are missing and were never found. Oh shit. We should find it. I'll show it to you. Yeah. Okay, so there there are the things that we've been looking at. So let's let's dive in. So we can start we're not going to go through all of them, but starting at the beginning, first of all, this book, so The Search for the Green River Killer, the first victim that's listed in here is a woman named Amina. Is that how you pronounce yeah. her name? Amina Egashev. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting about her is she is probably not a Green River Killer victim at all. She's the first person listed in here. She was the first person taken, as far as they know, and her body was found with a lot of other Green River Killer victims, and so they assumed that she was a Green River Killer victim, Mm -hmm. but the Green River Killer denies having killed her. And she was a lot older, and she was not a prostitute. And so that's interesting. Yeah, wasn't she a a Russian immigrant? Yeah, and a waitress. Interesting. And, yeah. Do you know any of the details surrounding her disappearance? She was downtown visiting her mother and got on a bus at, like, 11 o'clock at night. And just straight up disappeared. Nobody knew where she was. Okay. She had three kids. This is why I fucking hate the bus. Because <laughs> guess what? You just get killed when you're on it. Yeah, that's what happens. I almost got killed on the bus two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a dangerous place. It is. So we don't know what happened to her. Um, and then a year later, at least a year later, maybe two years later, they found her body with a bunch of other Green River Killer victims. And so assumed that she was one and that maybe he had known her. But it turns out that's probably not the case. So Weird. she is in this book. She was murdered, probably not by the Green River Killer. So Weird. That's kind of all I know about her. That's strange, right? I mean, that's weird. It's very strange. Okay, so the the next one I want to talk about is actually she, if we don't count Amina Agashev, she was the second person who was taken. She was not found in the river, which is why we didn't talk about her last week. But is it Giselle Lavorne? Yeah. Okay, Giselle Lavorne. Um, so she was taken July 17th, 1982, and was one of the few victims that was found partially decomposed as opposed to fully decomposed and so there was a little bit of forensic evidence i think left on her the reason i'm interested in her well there's a lot of spooky stuff i think surrounding her disappearance and her death tell us about it tell us she was also found very close to my house so that's why i'm interested in her but the the backstory of her she was a she was from uh california now i can't remember where i think la Um, and was only 16 or 17 and i don't know what her family situation was Anne rule is very into the idea that she was a genius yeah i read that but Anne rule kind of likes to be hyperbolic a little bit about people so i'm not sure that is that's an an understatement understatement. her hyperbole is an understatement (laughs) she is the queen of hyperbole she is she is (sighs) so giselle hooks up with a pimp it sounds like moves up to seattle and doesn't know Seattle very well. And I think within definitely less than a month, maybe within two weeks of moving here, she disappears. Her Ugh. pimp reports her missing. 
they Dave Reichert, who was we'll talk about him. He later. was a, a police officer at this period of time. Mm. Was very convinced, maybe justifiably so, that the pimp had killed her, uh, and they ended up finding her body. Uh, south of the airport where we didn't talk about this actually last week but there were areas by the airport north and south that were the flight path that had been neighborhoods that they ended up well they they bought them up and then just left them abandoned which is the spookiest fucking thing in the world so by this period of time by the early 80s the houses had been taken away but the streets were still there and the foundations of the houses were still there but the forest was reclaiming everything so that's where a lot that's where the Green River Killer would kill a lot of his victims. And then somebody who, I think, was riding their dirt bike in these old neighborhoods smelled something, went searching around for it, and found her body, which was pretty badly decomposed at that point. And they identified her as being this girl who had gone missing. Now, the weird thing about her disappearance was she was blonde. So she was a blonde girl. And um, the pimp was searching around for her and got word that another pimp had basically kidnapped her and dyed her hair black. So another, somebody else told him this. They're like, yeah, we've seen her, but now her hair is dyed black. Whoa. So that happens. Then he goes to a psychic and the psychic says, oh, she's dead, but she's close to home. And she's got something wrapped around her neck. (gasps) So then her body is found. She is close to where they lived. She does have socks tied around her neck and her hair is dyed black. What? Okay, I just got chills. Yeah. Oh my god. And we still don't know what the hell happened. Wait. Like, so, her, so wait. The last time that her boyfriend pimp saw her, she was blonde. she was blonde, and then she was told had, by somebody like, "Oh no, we've seen her, but her hair's dyed black now." And then when they find her body, her hair's dyed her black. Her hair was black. Oh my god. So if that's true, oh, shit. now I've only seen that story. Only shows up in this book. I've never seen it anywhere else, which is the search mm. for the Green River Killer. But if that's true, then something happened in between her going missing and her ending up dead. Like, there was, there was a period of time in there where other things were going on that we don't know about. Whoa. So anyway, I find her very interesting. And this is just my own weird, weird fucked up thing. Decomposing bodies really stress me out. I think you shouldn't. It's totally natural. It's totally okay. But the idea of a sort of half decomposed body really bothers me. I think that bothers a lot of people. I don't I don't think you're alone in that. Okay. I it's don't okay. think I am either. And so the fact that she was found because the way she, her body smelled really bothers me. I don't like that at all. Yeah. There were not very... Actually, she may be the only one that I can think of that the body was found before it was just totally skeletonized. Yeah. So there's something spooky about that for that me. That is really spooky. So there you go. Giselle Leborn. That's horrifying. But missing July 17th, 1982. Found... I don't know the date, but found in September of 1982. Okay. I know that. And... um. So she was found south of the airport. Do you know where she went missing from? Oh, I don't. I can, I can probably the strip. I can make it, the strip for sure. I don't know where. I don't know what the okay. street was. Okay. Maybe Tuckwilla though. Yeah. That's feeling so right. So many people. Yeah. <sighs> Giselle. Yeah. So, who do you want to talk about? Well, um, the next in line is Deb Bonner, and we did talk about her a little bit last time, um, but. I think there's some kind of, like, interesting things that are important to sort of setting the stage to, like, understanding later victims as well. So, okay, um, Deb, Dub Bonner, as we talked about last time, which is, like, what, what is that? I don't know. Um, she was last seen, um, on the strip. Okay, so Pack Highway runs from Tukwila, 
right, all the way south. Well, from Seattle all the way right. south. Right, but, like, the like the, the main, strip. Yeah, yeah, the, the strip. strip was, like, in Tukwila. Yeah. At Pack Highway and 216th, which is kind of also shockingly near your house. It is. Is that where she was taken? It was. Okay. From a place called the Three Bears Motel, which is where a lot of other, um, this this particular corner is where a lot of the other victims went missing. And it is super significant later on when we get to the killer, who the killer is. Um, (coughs) She uh, was found in the river again by the slaughterhouse worker who was on his smoke break. And I do want to share because the, in um, it's it's this book in search for the green river killer. It talks about um, the moment when the man finds or sees her body, and he talks about her eyes being bugged out and the pupils being gone, and that that image, like, haunted him in his dreams yep. after that. So that's kind of horrifying. Um, so Dub, like, how she ended up here, um, which I think is important because it's how so many of the rest of them also ended up here, is that, um, like... I mean, they're kids who are kind of, like, troubled. They have a rough time in, like, their teenage years. And they end up getting hooked up with a man who they think is their boyfriend. And then suddenly, like, becomes their pimp. So, like, they start to pimp them out. And it's, like, so many of these victims are totally, like, pushed into this by a man. Yeah. Who, like, they think they love. Like, it's their boyfriend. And let's... let's Let's just like be frank here. For people of a certain age, which is us, yeah, pretty woman was the thing that informed oh, a lot of our knowledge <laughs> about prostitution. God, which of course is bullshit because it's a bullshit movie mm. um, and not realistic at all. But it's shocking how not realistic it is. That yeah. it's so right. far from the truth. Right, <laughs> like who me. lives a super nice life well, and I gets mean, taken out of it by this like handsome rich man well i mean there's that but there's also the implication that like oh you know i just needed some extra cash i thought i'd get into prostitution yeah hell no 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 Uh um no um dub actually ended up um on drugs and um she was working like really hard to change her life i read um this is really depressing so she dropped out of school and couldn't find employment and then she was all excited about going into the Navy. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and didn't pass her test. So, like, just imagine, like, having this, oh, I have, like, hope. And then it's, like, taken away. So she still held on hope that, like, she would get her GED, which is super sad to me. Um, and, you know, I think, like, it hurt her chances for employment. And I think that was, like, another motivating factor for her. Um, so uh, I guess she was, like, pretty diligent about calling home to her folks. Um, and she also, like, had some fine in Tacoma. The Tacoma Municipal. Yeah, that she was really diligent about paying off. So, like, (coughs) she is clearly, like, a woman of integrity and is, like, really, I think, working to change her life. And it's just, like, really sad and horrifying. So, um, she used an alias of Pam Peck. And, okay, so she disappeared July 25th, 1982. And a week before that, on July 18th, had been arrested for loitering under the alias Pam Peck. So, like, this was, like, a common thing for her. Now, the weird thing here, okay, this is crazy. A little while before her death, she confided in a bartender that her boyfriend slash pimp, hit her pimp, um, 
she, she thought she was going to get killed because he owed another drug dealer a bunch of money. And um, so Dave Reichert, well, all the cops, <coughs> they, like, took these details and really, like, ran with them. And so they thought that Dove, <laughs> Dove was killed. And this is my favorite term ever, as the result of a pimp war. A pimp war. Yeah. A pimp war. <laughs> Which is not a real thing, by the way. Like, that does not happen. Like, what the fuck's a pimp they war? They just made that up. They're like, it's uh-oh, it's a pimp war, guys. Pimp war. So watch out. Um, so that was initially kind of what they were thinking when they found her. Which um, I feel like maybe like led to a little bit of complacency. They were just kind of like, well, it's a pimp war. Yeah. You know. It's a prostitute. What do you expect? Right. Yeah. So, um... So yeah, a couple things with Dub, you know, it's that that getting into prostitution because of her boyfriend slash pimp that has that so many of these victims have in common, and then also where she was taken, which becomes very significant later on. Okay, who's next? Who do you want to talk about? Who do I want to talk about? Um, we've we've talked about the other women who were found in the river. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of want to talk about Mary Meehan. <gasps> Mary Bridget Meehan. Yes. Who Anne Rule devotes, like, an entire chapter oh, to. Yeah. I mean, a lot of energy uh-huh. goes to Mary Bridget Meehan. Probably because I think she interviewed this girl's family, so yeah. I think she had a lot of information about yeah. her. And anyway, I won't go too deep into it, because I found the story a little maudlin, the way that Anne Rule told it. <laughs> but this this girl was adopted and by a family in Bellevue, which is, you know, a wealthy suburb of Seattle, mm. and so I think grew up with money. And regardless of that, ended up really troubled as a teenager. I don't know why. There was no no reason really given for that, but ran away from home a bunch of times, ended up getting pregnant, like, at least three times. I mean, oh, a lot shit. of times she was she was pregnant. She was from a Catholic family, so maybe that was... Did displayed. she have the kids? Oh, I can't remember if she did. I feel like she had a bunch of, like, miscarriages. Okay. I don't feel like she ended up with any of the children. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time that she died, but had been pregnant a bunch of times and wanted all of these kids. And, I mean, she died at 18 or 17. I mean, she was not old, so she'd been pregnant a bunch of times before that, had hooked up with a really awful guy who was, once again, a pimp. Parents hated him. And... See, it's always the goddamn boyfriend. Of course it is. Of course it fucking is. What the hell? So she ends up... By the time that the end of her life, she was eight months pregnant, living in a motel on the strip. And do you know which one? I don't. <gasps> uh, we can look it up. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, and actively being a prostitute. So, for any of our listeners out there that have been pregnant, imagine at the very end of your pregnancy, you're still actively a prostitute. So oh, you're still God. going out and having sex with men. Oh. Um, so that was her life. That was that was what was going on with her. So she. She was, she disappeared. Her body was found, this is the interesting thing about it, her body was found quite a while later, I mean, close to a year later, Mm -hmm. yet I feel like she wasn't fully decomposed, because I've read about the discovery of her body, and it doesn't sound like it was fully decomposed. So that's that's interesting how that happens sometimes. No, I reread last night um, in Green River Running Red about when they found her body, and you're right about that. She was not... But it was like 11 months after she was taken. Yeah. It was a long time. Uh-huh. So who knows why that happened. Uh, and when they were, you know, when they found her body, they realized that there was a fetus in there too. And so I remember reading about that particular body discovery scene because the people dealing with it were quite upset by it. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was an unpleasant situation. Uh, so she was found actually close to my house as well. 
So you know where the, the light rail is? Yeah. Like the light rail station on Ingle Lake. Yeah. So if you're on the light rail, I can't, I think it's the cross street is like 192nd, but it's like right there. It's like right below. Oh, where the, shit. So it's like, I don't know, 24th and 192nd. It's something like that. Whoa. Yeah, there was a bunch of bodies found there. Wait, you can <laughs> see it? Can you see it from the light rail? Yeah. <gasps> That's horrifying. Yep. Ooh. So she's interesting to me because she was pregnant, and that's relatively awful. And yeah. Some of the other ones were pregnant as well, but she was the only one who was that far along. Right, right. Yeah, eight eight months pregnant? Eight and a half months pregnant, right? At least eight. Oh, Jesus. So it was a lot. And the other thing that was interesting, and I think this is also in Green River Running Red, is that Ann Rule had clearly been interviewing a like, a, not the pimp, a boyfriend she'd had previously. Mm-hmm. And the boyfriend tells a story about um, having a dream where Mary Meehan comes over to his house in the dream. And she's she's older, so she's the same age as him in the dreams, so like, in her 40s. And she has a man with her. And the in the dream, the, the guy's like, well, this guy seems okay. But then at the end of the dream, he decides, no, wait, this guy's fucked up and goes into his house to get a gun. And the implication is he's going to kill this man who's with Mary Meehan. And he wakes up, and then he goes online and looks her up. And it's not clear if he knew that she had been murdered by the Green River Killer. I feel like he did, but it wasn't clear. It was sort of like he was just sort of Googling her out of nowhere and realized that it was like 20 years to the day that she had, <gasps> that she had gone missing. No! Yeah. Oh my god, that's so creepy! I know. Ugh! So, yeah. Mary Meehan. Mary Sad. Sad. Although I do have to admit that I always want to go, Mary Meehan. Yeah. In like a really Irish accent. Yeah, because she's super, yeah, very, or at least her adopted family was Irish. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Next in line is Deborah Estes. Um, she was only 15 when she died. Um, she disappeared uh, September 20th, 1982 from Pack Highway. Can we talk about the fact that the, in her mugshot, she yeah. looks like she's 35? Yeah, she really does. I know it's really hard for me to believe that she's a 15-year-old. She's 15. So, sorry. No, no, that's okay. It's shocking. But you know what I think, too? Okay, so what I found was that um, so she um, was one of three kids who was, like, had a really, like, born to, like, some loving parents. They had uh, a tr- really? Well, that's what I... That's, that's what they say. That's what they say. But this, I don't know, <coughs> and this is the weird part. So when she was 10 or 11... They say that she just started acting older than her age. Yeah, just Suddenly. out of nowhere. So what happened there? Where and you know, I mean, I think the fact that like, right, she looks like she's thirty in her mugshot, but it's because a third of her life she was like living on the street, which is crazy to me. Well, she went apparently she went to Planned Parenthood at age ten. Yes, to get yep. birth control pills. Yeah, so something like majorly traumatic happened to this girl, and like the fact that parents aren't saying anything like I oh mean, no I, clearly there's something no, wrong no, no i know what i know what happened what happened okay so I, there was an article that was it wasn't written by her sister but mm-hmm. they interviewed her sister it was a couple oh, years ago shit, seriously yeah i'll show it to you and the sister goes i mean just straight up says that they were sexually abused yeah so that's what i figured of course it is i mean of course it is by the dad what the hell what 10 year old is out just having sex uh no none no none no 10 year olds are doing that so, um, loving, air quotes, family. Um, so she was really good friends with another victim, Becky Marrero. Yep. Even though she was a little bit older. We'll talk about her later. 
Um, and she asked her parents, so I guess this was kind of like the last thing. She asked her parents for Becky to come stay with them, and they said no. And so she apparently got angry, took money from her mom's purse, and then left. And that was kind of the last time that um, they had sort of seen each other. Um, this is another situation where a boyfriend magically turns into a pimp. And she was living, so this is kind of nuts. And I think this was in the Ben Carroll, wasn't it? it was. Wasn't she, she living in the Ben Carroll? Yeah, she was like the so Ben Carroll. So the Ben Carroll is super interesting to me. I know it probably is to you too, because it's literally around the corner from where we, from where you currently teach, yep. and where I used to teach. And so, um, you know, I would drive by it every day and be like, "Oh my god!" Well, it's you not know? there anymore, is it? Well, no, it's a Knights Inn now, but. It's still the Ben Carroll. I mean, if you look at the <coughs> pictures of the Ben Carroll and you look at the Knights in now, it's the same they're building. the same. Yeah. It doesn't have the cool, like, sign up front. That it doesn't have to, that weird sign. Which I remember. Yeah. I remember the old Ben Carroll you sign. Do. I do. Yep. It did, did not look like a nice place. Yeah. It still doesn't. No. So it's kind of crazy because she was... there. No. Oh. I will not. Not to sleep there, but we should, like, get a room and just, like, hang out for a little bit. Just we'll to, get Just to bugs. feel the vibes. Well, we We're going to get bugs. No, we'll, we'll sit. We'll just stay <laughs> Very still and watch TV. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. We're on. Come on. Okay. Come on. We, let's do it. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm interrupting. Next weekend. Let's do it. Then we can talk about I've been involved. Like, where are you guys going? We're, We're going to the Night's Inn in Tequila. The Night's Inn in a hotel. We're not going to... Together. We're just going to stand and watch TV. <laughs> Okay, um, so she was staying in the Ben Carroll, and this is kind of nuts because her parents ran their, they had an office for their trucking company. Across the street. Directly across the street. So she was out there working the strip, and they had no idea. How the they fuck never did they not her. see her? You would look at the fucking window, and she'd be right there. I don't I know. I mean, maybe they had different schedules, I don't know. But, um, uh, okay, so yeah, the night that she went missing, she told her boyfriend that she would be back, and she would she never returned. So afterwards, her parents apparently again this is coming from them diligently searched the strip, and it's actually kind of sad because um and well when we talk about Becky Morero, but they would go pick up Becky Morero's mom in White Center, and then they would just all drive around together looking for their kids. looking for their missing daughters, which is kind of I mean not kind of it's a super heartbreaking image. Um so yeah I mean that's that's really sad that makes me want to cry. Uh, I guess what happened was she kind of got hooked on some drugs at a point. Um, Deborah's boyfriend slash pimp told them that he got her off speed. He did it. What a say. And he told her the streets are dangerous and that she shouldn't be out there prostituting. But this is the fucking dude that like got her there in the first place. Uh, so, <coughs> fla- like, you know, fast forward to June of 1988. There are some construction workers that are, like, creating space for a playground in an apartment complex in Federal Way, which is, like, how many miles away? I've been there. I've been to this apartment complex. I went and really? looked. Yep. I know where it is. Oh, shit. Oh, we should go. Okay. Uh, it's it's a ways. I mean, in terms of being on the strip or close to the strip, her body was by far the fi- the farthest south. Really? How well, I mean, well, unless you can't Oregon. Right. But, oh, it's probably 10. Really? Yeah. At least. We should, this is what we should do. We should do like a Green River tour and take pictures of all these places. Yes. Okay. We're going to do that. Stay tuned. So as they were digging this playground, a worker found some bones and all work was called off and they ended up identifying her through her dental records. So a 15 year old girl, little teenager. This is what's interesting though. And I think this is in Green River running red. 
I think this is a story that's in there, mm-hmm. is, um, so this apartment complex was being built in mm-hmm. 1982, the year she went missing. It wasn't done yet. And it had to go on hold for a while. There was, like, funding issues. So it was in the middle of being built, and then it wasn't there for a while. So it's just, like, sitting vacant? Just sitting, like, half done, I guess, for a okay. couple of years. Somebody who was involved in the in the building or architecture or something of this apartment building was down there. I don't know what year this was, but I would imagine 82, 83, like, pretty soon after she went missing, and was mm-hmm. down there doing something with the building, and saw a guy over, like... Kind oh of on, you know, the dirt part off the parking lot. Don't eat Eating any. the soil with a stick. And so this guy is watching him for a while. And the guy seems really angry. Like, really pissed off. Oh, shit. So the guy, the architect or whoever it was involved with the apartment building, goes over to the pissed off looking guy and says, are, like, are you the soils engineer? Like, are you basically... Wait, was you, it in the day? I don't know. I think it must have been. Because I don't know why you'd be down there at night if you're working on it. And... And this is the quote that's in the annual book. You might say that. <gasps> Gets in a fucking pickup truck and drives no. away. And however many years later, this architect guy identifies it as being the no. Greener for Killer. So here's my theory. Theory. Time. So Greener for Killer takes her body and drops her off. And maybe at that point, what was a vacant lot or something that was, you know, there wasn't a building there at that point in time. Comes back later and her body has been buried. Because maybe they, like, you know, got a backhoe and, like, shoved dirt over where her body was, yeah. and he was pissed off. That's my theory of what happened there. But that's pretty... Oh, my God. That's pretty interesting. Oh, that's horrifying. Yeah. That's so bad. So there's another interesting Deborah Estee story. I have to oh my pee, God. so let's pause okay. it. Okay. Okay, I'm, I'm refreshed. Back. Go. Okay. <laughs> um, so next is Denise Bush. Ooh. I don't have a lot to say about her, but go. This one is... This one's kind of um, creepy. <laughs> So Denise Bush was 23. She went missing October 8th of 1982 from Pack Highway. No change there. Right by Foster High School. Exactly. She went, she went missing at 144th and Pack Highway, yep. which is the main drag through there, which again is like another reason why I think it's, you know, I mentioned this in the last episode, but it's like really interesting to know that all these things happen. <coughs> it changes how you view oh, yeah. every, everywhere. Um, so she, what happened was... Okay, another situation where the boyfriend slash and they tossed a coin to see who was going to go get wine and yep. cigarettes, and she lost. Note to any men who are listening, you go fucking get the wine and cigarettes, okay? Yeah. Hi, she's working for her money, and you guys are dicks. Anyway, okay. This is kind of weird. Okay, so June 12th, 1985, um, partial skeletal remains were found in Tigard, Oregon. Tigard or Tigard? I think it's Tigard. Either way, it's... What the fuck? I know. So it's like, it's outside of Portland. I think it's kind of like, is it a suburb? suburb. It's a suburb. Yeah. Okay. So like, do you know the circumstances with that? Like what happened? How they were found? (coughs) I don't. Um, I feel like there were three, right where there three victims that were found down Uh in that general area. Yep. I feel like those were found by like a construction worker or something who was doing road work. It was something like that. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so par- her partial skeletal remains were found there. Um, then, five years later, in nineteen in February of 1990, a city councilman was out for a walk. What's a fucking city councilman? City councilman. Of Tequila. Uh-huh. Just cool. having a great, great day, walking along in the morning, and uh, finds a piece of fucking skull, okay? 
Um, so, you know, I think if you're walking along... How do you know it's a piece of skull? Right? Well, okay, I think you can probably tell it's a piece of skull. Whether it's a piece of human skull is another matter, but... Well, how big of a piece are we talking? I think it's kind of... I think it's... Like, like a major piece, or like... Well, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. Okay. So, rewind. You need to know some backstory. Um, Denise Bush, she, like, grew up in Detroit. Um, and this is really sad. So, in her early teens, she was, like, a really good student, like... Really? Yeah. Where'd uh-huh. you get this info from? I didn't get any um, info about her. I got info... This. Where did I get this one from? It was online. Okay. Maybe like an article about her. I should have written down my sources. Uh-oh. Oops. Citation. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know. Oops. So when she was in her early teens, she found out that she had a brain tumor and that she was losing her vision, which is sad. Um, so what they did was she, they went in and did surgery. It was successful, <coughs> but afterwards she got um, she got like you know hydrocephalus where her fluid, fluid in the skull her fluid was building up, and so they ended up having to implant a shunt in her that would drain all of the stuff into Question. her abdomen. Question. Yes. Oh, is that where it goes? Yes. I just had this image of like okay, you know, like when you do <laughs> like you do maple syrup and you put the little like. <laughs> It's, it looks, I don't know, it's like a little, what do you call that? Like a drain, basically, in the tree. Yeah. And it drains it the sap like very coming slowly out. into yeah. a bucket. That's yes. what I was picturing, like, just in the back of her head. Just, like, just Oh, draining. my God, just coming out? Yeah. Oh! Like, where the fuck does it go? <laughs> no, so it's, like, actually a tube that they, they, um, apparently, like, I don't know how they hold it in place. Maybe, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into this. We're going to look into this, because this is confusing. It's weird, because there was it, definitely a hole in her skull was made. Maybe yes. it like, came in through the back. But, okay, so, like, this in this plastic tube, shunt, was placed that would, and it, would, it drains into your, like, into your abdomen. I don't know where in your abdomen. This is making me feel faint. I'm assuming into your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> which is okay. gross. Anyway. Of okay. all of the things about this whole case, it's the shunt that's really, that's I know, really grossing me out. <laughs> Um, so anyway, she went to an all, like an all girls high school. She did she did really good grades, but she also started developing these seizures that were kind of like epilepsy. She also like at the same time she was going through all this stuff. Right, her parents divorced. She went and lived with her uncle. Like again, trauma trauma central here. And then um, that is when like I think she didn't like living with her uncle, and so she kind of went out into the world and met a man who started um who put her in this this situation now she okay like the city councilman the reason that they knew that this was a skull and a special skull was that he actually found the shunt it was inside the skull still so like it was still attached to the chunk of skull so like i know so they knew immediately like oh shit this is denise bush so that's kind of horrifying. And then they also figured, well, wait a minute, we found her part, her skeletal remains. Clearly the killer is trying to, you know, put us off the track here. Yeah. Like, they figured, oh, like, the, they're trying to confuse us because of that <coughs> shunt. I don't know. It's horrifying. Ugh. It is. And, you know, Tuckbullet connection there. Yes. Now we're getting into a stretch of victims that I don't know very well. I don't know much about them. Um, there was a lot of people taken in a very short amount of time here. So all, everything what we've been talking about so far is all in the space of 
three months. Not yep. even. They're like three yeah. months. So it's from July to October. Yeah. That was all July to October. Yeah. And we're, we're not talking about everybody. Like, we missed right. a few people, too. So, so wait, Shonda Summers was in October as well, right? Yeah. She was the day after Denise Bush. <gasps> That's right. Okay, yeah. so they were thinking that maybe Shonda got taken the same day. They're it's not possible. really sure. Yeah. She she really stands out to me and it's kind of like your connection where you know um uh Giselle was found close to your house so um okay when we moved to South Park we moved to this neighborhood we would always like get off on this exit on Des Moines Memorial Parkway there's like a little league field there and which we've been to Right. We went to like a couple weeks ago. Because it actually is one of the dump sites um, that the Green River Killer used, which is kind of shocking. There were three bodies found there. And um, Shonda Summers was one of them. She was only 17 when she went missing. So talk about like the smell being the thing that like calls them out. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. okay. Like, wait, wait, there was, wait hold on. Do you wanna, let's back up a second. Yeah. So let's talk about the Little League field a little bit. Okay. So Little League field is directly in the flight path of the airport. Yes. So it's like airport, highway, Little League field. Oh my God. And when you're in the Little League field and a plane goes by... Holy shit. Oh my god. It's like, you can't even, like, hear anything. No. And... So I'm assuming yeah. that's why they put the Little League field there, because it was like, what the fuck else are you going to do with this piece of land? I mean, they're, they're, you can't do anything with it, yeah. really. So there's a Little League field there for that reason, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And, well, I guess you can tell the story. There, there's a couple stories, actually, about this Little League field. Yeah. And smells and... Body, so body parts and things like that. So, okay. So this woman, who was this woman? Oh, this is, this is in the search for the woman. Green River Killer. Yeah. Um, what was her name? I don't remember her name, but I don't even know how the authors found her, but she was somebody who, it sounds like lived in Tukwila mm-hmm. and would walk over to her parents' house, which was in like Burien, Burien, I guess. Yeah. And would go along a road that was right by this Little League field. Which, by the way, they called Raper's, Raper's Road. Road. Because it was so, like, just creepy and empty. Yeah. And you would, the rumor was you'd get raped if you'd walk, Jesus. walk down this road. So, like, let's walk down it with our baby. Like, whatever. Yeah. It's, like, totally normal. And this book is so great because they give you so many just little vignettes like this. Mm-hmm. Just little tiny stories like yeah. this. So there's this image of this woman walking over to her parents' house pushing a baby stroller. Yep. So p- pushing her baby. And she's walking by this little league field and it just smells horrible right so she's like oh my god what the fuck is that walks home gets her dad the dad comes over and is like oh you need to call the cops yep because apparently i've never as far as i know i've never smelled a human body yeah. in the state of decomposition but no. apparently it's a very distinctive smell like it's huh. not like other animals like you, oh. you kind of i don't know if it's a primal thing but you kind of have this like oh wait that's different oh that's what i've heard Ooh. and so they called the cops the cops come out and investigate and find a pile of dead fish. fish. Yeah, it's like fish guts. Fish rotting yeah. in the forest. And they're like, oh, just fish. Mystery solved. <laughs> moving on. Or moving on. And, and neither the woman nor the dad believe this. They're yeah. like, eh, okay, whatever. But then yeah. the smell goes away and everybody teases this woman about the time she called the cops to deal right. with the fish. Exactly. So that's smell story number one. Yes. So... So, smell story number two <clears throat> comes later in the summertime oh when um, there is a game happening, literally a game, and the smell in the outfield is so disgusting that they have to actually cancel multiple games. It wasn't even just one. 
It was like multiple games. Did they not consider like looking for what the fuck was causing this? What the hell? Thank you. What the fuck? I know. I don't know. I know. I'm not sure what smell was what. That sounds really awful. I'm not sure which one. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. But what ended up happening? How they found her body was that um, there was just like a man. Soon after the second smell story, um, he was picking apples in an apple tree nearby and looked down. It couldn't have been that second one because he looked down and there were bones. What about the dog story? Oh shit! The dog story. That's here. I don't think this is the apple picking story. Is it? Yeah. Okay, so, so maybe there's two, maybe there's two different. So Shonda, because there's unidentified bones, and then there's Cheryl. Okay. Okay, so Shonda was this man was picking apples, and it was it was on August 11th um, of 1983. So it was like you know, however many Nine, months, ten, ten months, months later, and looked down and found skeletons, or skeletons, skeleton singular, <laughs> singular skeleton. bones. Um, and, the cops came, they had no idea how this person had been killed because um, they couldn't see any nicking injuries. They didn't see any, you know, bullet holes. Um, and all the <laughs> neck bones had been scattered by animals. Yeah. And so they weren't able to tell how this person died. So it was just kind of a mystery for the longest time. Um, and I am not sure even how they identified her. I'm sure it was based on I don't feel like she was identified for, for a, long a while. Time. Yeah. So here's another thing we should bring up. So for if anyone ever listens to this and you're not looking at the pictures of the victims extremely unusual that he killed all races of victims he was not picky about that and that was very it's very uncommon i actually can't think of off the top of my head well i guess i can think of other serial killers i can't think of other serial killers who were not gay right i can think of men who killed men right and typically i mean typically yeah because like Dahmer. yeah and isn't didn't um john Wayne gacy Oh, yeah, him too. I think too. But, so yeah, so typically serial killers kind of stick with... Their own race. Right, yeah. So Gary Ridgway was strange because he was just sort of equal opportunity, yeah. just whoever was out there. Although, unfortunately, he did say that he preferred to get white prostitutes. Awesome. So he was racist too, yay, but... Good job. But he wasn't opposed to picking up prostitutes of other races. So anyway, Shonda Summers was black. She was, And yeah. quite a few of these other victims were too. Yeah. So in the early, early days were. Right. Yep. So that's Shonda Summers. We could talk about Gail Matthews, maybe? Oh, yeah. You want to talk about her? Yeah. So Gail Matthews, the reason I'm interested in her, so she was taken uh, April 10th, 1983. She was a little bit older, and um, we don't know a lot about her life, I don't think. The reason she was interesting is so she had a boyfriend, really a pimp, who uh, I don't think was with her when she got into the car with the killer, but saw her, so he had been oh, in a bar, yeah. I think. She had been out on the street. He walked outside, saw her in a truck driving by. She was in the passenger seat of a truck, and he was sure that she had seen him. She didn't look at him, looked really weird and freaked out, and was, like, put, like, scooted all the way over, like, to the very, like, edge of the car, like, right next to the passenger oh, side door. Oh, God. And he was kind of, like, trying to, like, signal to her to be like, hey, like, are you okay? What are you doing? And she wouldn't look at him, and she wouldn't do anything, and the car or the truck drove away, and he never saw her again. So... So she, you think she knew? Something. But at the something same time, like, weird. if she knew, like, if you really thought you were in the car with a serial killer or somebody who was at least was dangerous, you, I would jump out of the car. 
Yeah, but okay, like when I almost got killed on the bus, I literally, I was like, my brain was saying, get up and get off the bus. But I could not move. You're right. So maybe, I mean like, and I've never experienced that before where I was literally so petrified. Obviously I didn't die. I probably overreacted, whatever. But. Whatever. But. (laughs) I was was literally petrified. Well. So So I don't know. she's a, you know, who knows. And the other thing that was interesting is so her body was found, I don't know when, but probably a year later that's typically how long it took mm-hmm. to find bodies and nobody knew it was her like she was unidentified for quite a while a couple years she was unidentified and so Anne Rule talks about this that she was with I don't know what you would call that the forensic pathologist somebody who was looking at all the unidentified victims looking at their skulls and trying to reconstruct their faces yeah using erasers do you remember that scene yeah and Anne Rule was with this person as they're doing it so they get it's like pencil erasers. Right. And they, they pile them up to the, so they're the right, um, like, the thickness of what, of what your skin yeah. would actually be. Uh-huh. And then they put, like, clay on top of it to try to recreate the face. So yeah. there's a photograph in Green River Running Red of her skull. Does it look like her? It does, except she has really thick lips in real yeah. life, and they couldn't have known that. So, right. But it does look like her, except for the lips. Weird. So That's crazy. And that's sad. She had a kid, too. She oh. had a son. So oh, sad. no. Yeah. And that's, like, the thing, I guess, that, like, um, so in my research this week, I found articles where um, several kids, so Becky, sorry, Becky, why can I not speak? Becky Marrero, her daughter and Carol Christensen's daughter were in this article, and it was, like, their entire lives have been fucked. Yeah. Because of, like, the murders of their mom. Yes. Imagine being a little kid and your mom dies. And it's That's so bad. many of these. That imagine your mom's yeah. murdered. I yeah. mean, it's like, oh. Right. And uh, it's so many of these women had kids. kids. Yeah. Which I know. It's so sad. It's horrible. And their kids would be our age. Right. So our generation right. would be their well, children. And one of the things that they were saying in this article, too, is that, um, so with a lot of these women, um, like, for example, like, Roberta Hayes had, like, five kids. And all she of them. She had five kids? Uh-huh. She was 20. I know. All of them were taken wow. away from her and had been, like, put in foster care. And they have since been adopted. And, like, there's kids that just probably don't even know that no, they, they are they the... Wouldn't. Yeah, that their mom had been killed. So, God. So that's kind of horrifying in itself to think about. But the, the effect that it's, you know, had, the ripple okay. effect. So speaking of Becky Marrero, touch on her really quick. Okay, so she was actually... Last seen December 3rd, 1982. So she was one early on. But they didn't even include her on the list for the longest time. Um, she's so in the search of the Green River Killer. She's on the, on the missing page. They hadn't found her body oh yet. Oh, God. Ooh. Or if they did, she wasn't identified. Oh, my God. So yeah. in 1990. So I'm trying to think of when. Oh. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Okay, this is what happened. Her skull was found in Auburn. Fucking December 23rd, 2010. That's right. It was... So it was, like, way, way, way later on. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's crazy. Yeah, she was missing forever. Um, so she was really good friends with Deborah Estes, um, and went missing, like, a considerable time after her. Uh, well, like, a couple months like two after Two months, her. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, her... It was really difficult to find information about her, but her family has been super outspoken since all this happened. So there's a lot of information um, online, articles about her sister, especially speaking out um, in the aftermath of 
like naming the Green River Killer. He's the one when after he was caught, um, he's the one who admitted to it. So like for the longest time they figured, oh, she you know, she probably was killed by the Green River Killer, but um wasn't it was never they couldn't make it stick to him because there was no body found until two thousand ten. So that's kinda crazy in itself. It's sad. Becky Marrero. Becky Marrero. Now, here's the question that I have. Mm-hmm. There are so many more to talk about that I, I feel like we're going to have to go into part two. I know. We're definitely going to have to go into part two. We still have to talk about Connie Neon. Connie Neon. Um, Carol Christensen. And, and uh, Car- Carol Christensen. Cheryl. And Carrie Royce. Our whole Roy. thing with that. Uh, Kim Nelson. Oh, shit. Kim Nelson. We got Mary Bello. Oh, shit. Mary Bello. Yeah, there, there's lots to talk about. We and then there's, like, way more than what's in this book because... this is It's kind of depressing that we even have to go through, like, have a second episode because there were literally so many people... Well, I mean, if we... That were killed. So, Green River Running Red, the Anne Rule book, most of that book is just talking about the victims. Yeah. I mean, the vast majority of that book is just, just that. Right. There are so many fucking victims that that takes an entire, what, a 300-page book... Right. ...to talk about them. Holy shit. Yeah, it's insane. And there are even more victims that, like, haven't even been yeah. attributed. Yeah, he, I mean, I think we, well, we should probably get into that later, but yeah. Anyway, 40, so when this, the Search for the Green River Killer was published, it was estimated that, what, 48? Mm-hmm. And it's, it could be double that. Easy. Easy. So. And, I mean, I think that was the thing with, with this killer is that it's, like, you know, you're picking, like, the most vulnerable population that, like, are super transient, you know? I think we talked about that in the last episode. There was, like, a certain that girls would go on, and, I mean, if they went missing, it wasn't... It, it wasn't, wasn't noticed. Yeah. And so that was, like, really one of the reasons why this killer was so successful and was able to kill that many people. It's amazing how many serial killers focus on prostitutes. Yeah. I mean... Most of them, I feel like that's kind yeah. of where they go. Because it's it's the low-hanging fruit. Right. Like, it, that's, like, the easiest crime to get away with, I think, is killing a prostitute. Right. So, I'm sure that's what Ted Bundy thought. I'm sure Ted Bundy looked... Well, actually, I know he did. He looked down on people who killed prostitutes. Yeah. Because it was easy. Right. Oh, like, let me kill the one... Who, like, these girls are actually going to be cared about. Like, I'm going to do this, um, like, this challenging kill or whatever. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. I hate him. Ted Bundy? Yeah. He's stupid and he's not even cute. I don't even get why people think he's oh, cute. He's really disgusting looking. He has a fucking unibrow. Like, hi. Like, he does. Pluck your unibrow. Can we also talk about the fact that these women, and really any murder victim, or at least of a high profile murder, you end up being famous after you die. Right. Which is a little bit spooky. It's hella spooky. So, like, if we're murdered tomorrow, like, we could potentially end up famous because of that. Well, not... <coughs> maybe, though. I mean, like, there's lots of, like, middle-class white women who get killed by their husbands who get famous. If the crime is salacious enough, maybe. Right. Yeah. It would have to be really juicy. But that's a fucked up thing. That's that, like, so we up. know about all of these women. So it's like, on the one hand, it's like, okay, cool, they're not forgotten. Right. But on the other hand, that's why they're not forgotten. Right. Because they were murdered by a serial killer. Well, yeah. I mean, like, ima- and imagine, so that was one of the things that, like, the, the kids would talk about is, like, Carol Christensen <clears throat> in particular saying, like, 
they had this really awful picture of her where her like eyes were closed. It's like her gross mug. Like I don't know if it was a. It I don't think it was a mugshot because she didn't really have any troubles. No. But like it was just some awful picture. I don't know where they even found it. And she was like, oh "My God, my mom is like more than that. Like she like she would like rub my head, <gasps> which makes me want to cry. Oh, but like God. imagine that that's what you're that's what you're famous for. That's what you're remembered for." That's what you've been reduced to. Right, you're not just a sad photograph. Being a good mom who would like rub your daughter's, you know, eyebrows to make her fall asleep. Like, you're remembered because you just got murdered in this horrible way. Ugh. I'm just, I don't know. I read a lot of stuff about Jack the Ripper, and Jack the Ripper's victims, there was only five of them that they know of, but. I mean, if you go online, I mean, there's just pages and pages and pages dealing with these five women. Right, and like, who the hell would ever have heard of them in the other. Like,. And that was 150 right. years ago. Right. It's just, it's crazy. It is crazy. The fame that comes from that. I don't know. It's 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 understandable, but it's disturbing at the it same is. time. Yeah. So. Well, on that happy note, this is the end of episode two. We will come back with episode three, where we finish out the list of victims. Thanks. Cool. See you then.